Hello, you've tuned into the Greatest Story podcast, where we discuss the stories on the silver screen and how they point us to the greatest story we have in the gospel. I'm Mikey Tai, and I pastor a church here in the great city of Brisbane. I'm joined with my co-host as well. She's a blogger and writer, and also my wife, Heidi. Hey everyone, if you're tuning in to this podcast for the first time, welcome. We're still new to this whole podcasting thing, but we are hoping that as we review movies and speak into the themes, you'll be inspired to discover more about the greatest story of hope and love that can only be found in Jesus. Exactly. And we're hoping you'll see the greatest story in Jesus is the realest and the most ultimate happily ever after that our world is searching for. But hey, even though we're new to this, we've been getting so much support and encouragement, messages from people listening along. Hey, Heidi. Yeah, thanks so much for sending through your messages. It really helps to hear that our content is helpful and that you want us to keep producing episodes. I wonder if it is actually helpful or it's just helping people sleep at night, you know, with our voices and all. Yeah, I mean, you got the deep late night radio vibes going, but I'm not sure if anyone has ever (laughs) said that my voice is smooth or soothing. Well, when I listen to us on two speed, it's actually, you know, it's actually not too bad. Our voices Mm. sound pretty good. Uh, Anyways, if you've just tuned in with us for the first time, uh, our last episode was on something I never thought we'd podcast about. The Bachelor. Right. Something, Heidi, you felt strongly about that needed to be discussed. Uh, We talked about love. We talked about Jesus. We talked about roses. We talked about acceptance. It ended up being a pretty insightful conversation, I must say, by the end of it. I hope so. But Heidi, you're also really excited about today's episode. What are we chatting about today? Well, we just went to the movies and we watched The Farewell by Lulu Wang. And so after Crazy Rich Asians came out last year, I think Asian representation became the hottest thing ever. And so we're keen to see more with this one. Yes, totally represent. I mean, for those who are listening in and don't know us personally, we do sound like Aussies, you know, Australians with our Aussie accents, but Heidi and I have the blood of our ancestors, Chinese, Taiwanese, Hong Kongese flowing through our veins. It's strange because I think we'd consider ourselves 100% Australian, born and bred. And so we're Aussie born Chinese, ABCs, but then our Chinese is really shameful. That's true. So... Cantonese was actually my first language, but over the years, my vocab just deteriorated because I don't have the opportunities to use it. But I can still watch Stephen Chow movies without English subtitles, That's true. and yep. I'm really proud of that. I can't help that my Aussie accent is so overpowering. Though. I mean, it's funny because uh, I was learning some Korean from some of my Korean friends the other night, and I kept telling them how much I love japchae, you know, the Korean noodles. And they were like, Mikey, it's, it's, it's japchae, japchae. You know, like, mm. stop saying japchae. <laughs> Keep it short, japchae. Well, it's interesting you say that because I think that's what made the farewell so funny at times. You know, Okafina was amazing as the female lead because she was so relatable as an American Asian mm. trying to speak Chinese. I mean, it was obvious she was getting her tones all wrong and the American accent was still so thick. Man, it was gold. Like, she has so much talent. She's actually half Chinese and half Korean, oh. but she did such a good job to star in a movie with over, like, 70% of it in Mandarin. Um, and, and so, hey, Heidi, we know that a lot of our listeners aren't going to always watch everything that we review. So for those who haven't watched it yet, Heidi, can you give us just a quick lowdown of what's about? Sure. So, Orkafina, I still don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Orkafina, Aquafina, Orkafina. Plays a character called Billy. And so she's the only child with her parents living in New York. She's got a grandma back in Beijing who she still talks to regularly on the phone. And we learn that Billy is her favorite grandchild. And so they laugh and joke on the phone and it's really cute how close they are. Hey, you do that as well. I mean, you call your grandma up in Sydney and you speak Chinese to her as well. That's right. I love my poor poor and I do try talking to her, but we actually spend more time spamming each other with gifts. <laughs> but anyway, um, so the family 
they discover that grandma, Nai Nai, has lung cancer. And this is crazy, but we learn in the movie that in China, the doctors will tell the closest relative the diagnosis, but won't actually tell the actual patient themselves. So grandma doesn't know she has cancer? No, but her sister tells the rest of the family and they choose to keep it a secret from her and lie to her, saying she's okay, even though she's only got a few months left to live. And so Billy's family, they end up flying back to China and they use the excuse of a wedding of Billy's cousin who is marrying a Japanese girl who's only known for three months. Right. And so the extended family, they're all back at grandma's and she's just stoked to see them all together again. Meanwhile, they're all acting in front of grandma, pretending that everything is okay, but also aware that this might be the last time they'll be seeing her before she passes. And you see throughout the movie that Billy is so torn because she's raised in the West. Mm. And in America, you tell the person who is dying their diagnosis. Course, they can say their, yeah. you know, their farewells. But in China, and according to the family, they believe it's better not to. And so there's a line in the movie that in China, people mm. won't tell the person dying of the cancer because it's not the cancer that kills them. It's the fear of it that will. Wow, yeah. So it's interesting because Billy has to work through her own convictions of of individualism growing up in the West, but also collectivism, being part of a Chinese family who loves grandma and wants to tell her the truth, mm -hmm. but also has to respect the wishes of the extended family. Yeah. I remember there's a scene early on when her um, when she's with her uncle and she's walking to her hotel and, and he's repeating himself to her. He says, you know, Billy, you can't say anything to your grandma. And, and she replies in Chinese, which means I know. And, and she, he goes again, Billy, I know deep down you, you want to say something, but you can't. Mm -hmm. And she replies, and Billy, you have to smile more and act like everything's okay when you're with your grandma. And she replies, that's my <laughs> bad Chinese for the day. But you could just hear it in her broken Chinese that she's torn. Yeah. She's so reluctant to keep this lie going when she wants to be able to say farewell to her grandma and tell her the truth. Yeah, and I think as the movie goes on, without giving too much away, Billy does have to work through her values and, you know, that clash of culture of East and West, individualism and collectivism. And I think we see her character grow and learn to accept that her perspective isn't necessarily right and she has to learn what it means to be part of this family. And I reckon ultimately what it means to be Chinese. Yeah, and it's funny because I'm still trying to figure that out in my 30s. You know, as far mm. as I know, I've been fighting all my life to be Australian, all my life, you know, just because I want to fit in amongst my friends. I want to let go of my Chinese values. I want to be all about that individualism, all about that independence. But when I'm with my family, I, I can't help it. I default back into that collective mindset where I do want to honor my parents. I do want to honor the family legacy. Mm. And I totally resonated in the movie with the part where they, they shot the scene of her walking alone with this epic music playing, the, you know, the camera zoomed up close. And I really think that scene was to represent that individualistic mindset she came back to, you know, she came back to China with. Mm. But then after hearing more from her uncle and her parents and the culture, she has to learn to put herself in their shoes. So she, she runs to the hospital later on in the movie to get the x-ray results. And there's this other slow motion scene, right, with this epic music again. But this time she's not alone. She's walking collectively with her family. It's mm. this powerful scene. And I think that's the tension that I've always lived with in my life. Like... I like my earrings and I like my tattoos, but my mum hates it. And I'm wondering if she hates it because she thinks it's actually ugly or it actually brings shame to the family name. That's a good point. You know, it brings shame to, to yeah. our family collectively. Yeah. But, you know, that's another issue. <laughs> you love this movie. I think you said to me afterwards that you liked it even more than Crazy Rich Asians, Heidi. Tell us why. I know, it's a really big claim, but I just found it so much more relatable. Firstly, I'm not a crazy rich Asian or married to one. You know, we love our bargains and vouchers and splurging on hot chips with chicken salt. 
we know our financial lanes. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, The Farewell was just so much more relatable in that this was a movie about an ordinary westernized Chinese girl trying to wrestle with the differences between East and West and learning to appreciate, I guess, both sides of the spectrum. And so there were so many moments in the film where I didn't know whether to laugh or cry because the tension between East and West was actually so relatable and so real. Totally, totally agree. It totally resonated with us who, who are second gen Chinese and we have relatives living overseas still. And mm-hmm. whenever we meet them, we, we feel the weight of shame because our Chinese is so bad. Yeah. And they feel like we've abandoned our roots for the Western way, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that was highlighted in that scene as well, where the extended family was eating dinner together. There was that tension between those who had immigrated and those who had stayed behind. Yeah, it was so interesting because the family members, they were just like taking jabs at each other, yeah. comparing their kids' achievements, discussing how much money they can make in China versus America. Yeah, have you made your first million yet, exactly. Billy? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think the dinner gets really heated because the family members who didn't immigrate seem to blame the others for leaving the family behind just so that they could chase their dreams and opportunities, which I think is a very Western individualistic thing. Yeah, and the adults, they were also comparing all the kids and what their kids have achieved too, right? Yes. Aunties and uncles around a lazy Susan (laughs) talking about which kid is smarter or more talented. I'm not a stranger to that. Yeah, that's in In your latest e-book, right? (laughs) It does remind me of an e-book that I may may not have published. I think most Asians in the West can totally relate to that. You know, Mm. it's it's hard because at school you're encouraged to be the best version of you. But at home, you're just compared to others all the time. That's right. And I think I, I hated that about Chinese culture. But I think the film helped me to realize why it's done. You see, in the East, your life is not your own. It belongs to your family and to society. And so there's this huge emphasis on being a family unit, sticking together no matter what and doing whatever it takes to bring honor to the family. Right. And so basically everything you do matters in the East because your decisions affects not just yourself, but the entire family unit in a positive or negative way. I guess that's why grandma made the decision to tell everyone that, that the cousin... Uh, and his fiance had been dating for one year, even though, re- you know, in reality, it was only three months. Um, she didn't want people to think that she got knocked up, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think there's all these, you know, unspoken expectations that emphasize the importance of the family unit. And so Nai Nai, she keeps encouraging Billy to get married and to have children. And I think this is a huge pressure that is placed on Asian women, especially if they are older and, and still single. You know, Billy's parents, they clearly have marriage issues, but it's not something they can openly admit, and divorce is certainly not an option. Right, that's so true. And, I mean, I think the movie really highlights that the family unit is super important um, as well in in Eastern culture. Mm. What else did the the film highlight in terms of, you know, we're still thinking about themes in the movie? Well, I find it hilarious that the entire film is based on an actual lie, but this is promoted as a good thing. Because in the East, you can lie and still be seen as loving your family well. And so every character is living with secrets and lies because nobody wants to be a disappointment and carry the shame of letting the family down. And so they will literally carry their secrets to the grave. Literally, right? (laughs) I mean, at the cemetery, there's a scene where Grandma finally learns that her, her dead husband never actually quit smoking. Yeah, that scene was so funny because her other relative said, just let him smoke, he's already dead. Right, so it's... Interesting, lying to each other is such a normal part of Eastern culture. And it's interesting to see Billy trying to understand why. I mean, we're always trying to understand why that happens too. Mm. But I think we're all on that journey with her. Um, the scene with her uncle was really a turning point. There's a scene with her uncle in the middle of the movie because he explains it. He says, 
The only reason why Billy wants to tell Grandma the truth is because she can't live with the guilt of lying. Mm. But in the East, the family conceals the truth because they see it as their responsibility to carry the carry the emotional burdens of other family members. Yeah, that that was a really powerful scene. And, and what I find interesting is that you know while carrying Grandma's burden sounds really noble, um, the family is clearly struggling to do it well. You know, the pain of pretending that everything is okay is crushing them. And, and you see the family members break down at, you know, the fake wedding. Yeah, and, that's and right. And when they turn to drinking and smoking as a way to numb their pain. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, we want to carry people's burdens, but sometimes it can be so overwhelming. Hey, like mm-hmm. we can't always be strong for others. And when death is involved, it can be so much harder. So, mm. okay, okay, Heidi, tell us, how does this point us to the greatest story then? Well, I think the greatest story of the gospel is that Jesus doesn't have to compromise truth in order to love us well. You know, Jesus loves us, but he is honest about our spiritual condition and talks openly about sin and death. Right. He doesn't lie to us about it. So there's this collective nature, isn't there, in the fact that humanity has a sin issue. All of humanity has a sin issue. We're all going to have to face the realities of death and our sin one day, right? That's right. And in his time on earth, you know, Jesus... He had the power to expose people's hearts, their hidden pride, their mistakes, their guilt, their shame. You know, he even became friends with people who he knew would betray him one day. You know, Jesus did not shy away from the brokenness of humanity and the pain of death. And yet, I think he shows us two things. Firstly, that he accepts us as we are at an individual level. And secondly, that he is powerful enough to carry our burdens on our behalf and for all of humankind. Right. Okay. So the gospel forces us to look at ourselves collectively and also in in terms of the family unit as well. But Mm -hmm. humanity itself, um, regardless of ethnic background, Jesus also says we need to respond to him as individuals as well. We need to respond to his life and death and resurrection, his saving grace uh, as an individual. We have that responsibility. Uh, Maybe you could expand uh, on those two points a bit more. Well, I think the greatest story of the gospel is that we're saved by grace. So Jesus knows us fully and loves us completely. So we don't have to lie about our credentials or feel the need to meet a certain standard. Um, We don't have to pretend to have, you know, the perfect career or the perfect marriage before we can have a seat at the table. We don't need to brag about who we are or pretend to be someone we're not. We can actually be real with Jesus and put our faith in him. And he shows us his acceptance when he died on our behalf. Not when we were pure or lovable, but while we were still his enemy. Right. So there's that, that idea of acceptance there in Jesus. I don't have to live up to the expectations of, of that random uncle or family friend who comes over and tells me I, I bring shame to my family for not knowing how to use my chopsticks, for example, right? Yes. Jesus accepts you as you are. But secondly, I think the greatest story of the gospel is that Jesus is powerful enough to carry, you know, all our burdens, physical, emotional, spiritual. You know, Jesus conquered death so we can trust that our burdens will never crush him. Yeah. And so it's normal, I think, to turn to your loved ones for help in difficult times. We should. Yeah, Yeah, we should. But we have to remember that they are human. You know, Mm. they will get tired and overwhelmed. They can't fix all your problems and they certainly cannot defeat death. And so to expect our loved ones to carry our burdens perfectly is actually going to crush them, but not Jesus. He is the savior who is both willing and powerful enough to daily bear our burdens. Right. That's so good. It's sort of being able to go to Jesus. And as the Bible says, we can cast all our anxieties on him. Um, Mm -hmm. He says those who are um, heavy burdened, um, we can go to him and find rest. Mm -hmm. He's strong enough to bear it for us. 
Uh, and when you think about it, I, I think the power of Jesus should, should both then, I guess, confront and comfort us. Mm. He confronts us with the truth of who we are, our sin, which makes us deserving of death. But it's not, you know, cancer, but a fate we all as human beings have to face. But he also comforts us through carrying our burdens so that we could have eternal life. He carries our burdens to the cross. Yeah. So I guess no matter who we are, our job title, relationship status, salary package, immigrant or not, east, west, before God, through faith in Jesus, we can all have a seat at the table. Man, I love that. I mean, for me personally, it was a big part of why I became a Christian. As someone who wants to have control of everything, but then feel the weight of carrying all my burdens on my own, it was really tough. Mm. But I love that idea that Jesus carries our burdens for us and we can surrender them at the foot of the cross. Man, that's such a comfort to know in this life, particularly in times of, of grief, in times of losing loved ones. Mm. Wow, I love that. That's the greatest story that this movie can point us to. Mm. Hey, before we wrap up, Heidi, would you recommend this movie to our listeners? Yes, I'm going to give this one a... 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. That's like 100%. <laughs> it is 100% for all the feels and personally just how I resonated with it. Look, I think it is well-deserved. Even Rotten Tomatoes. Did you see oh. the score? They gave it 99%. That is very high. Everyone should be watching it for sure. Um, anyways, you heard the lady. You heard Heidi. She said, go watch it. Make sure you watch it while still in cinemas or, or get online um, when it's released on iTunes or something. Make sure you, you get to it. It's a great movie. But hey, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Just want to say thanks again for listening. Make sure you send some love through rating, reviewing us on iTunes if that's the platform you're listening to us through. Uh, if you can, share us on your socials like Facebook or Instagram. That would help us a ton as well to get the word out, get in front of the people as much as possible. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.